Good morning, everybody. Hope we're all having a good start to our Wednesday today. We are halfway through this week. Hopefully, let's get to the weekend without any issues. Now, tomorrow we do have our first quiz in this unit. It is for the introduction to medieval Europe. Essentially, everything that we have been learning since right before we went on spring break. Remember, we did do a little bit of medieval Europe right before spring break. But I want to remind you of some of that information. So today I'm going to go over the study guide and make sure that if you have some of the incorrect information, change it, get yourself the correct information because tomorrow's quiz is going to be open notebook. You can use the study guide for the quiz. So right now I'm starting at the very top of the study guide. I'm going to give you a second, open up the study guide, make sure you have yours open with you. And remember, you can pause and rewind freely. There is no restrictions with this. Okay. Number one, or right under where it says questions to think about. What periods can the Middle Ages be broken into? Now, I got the information from this directly from the PowerPoint I released. And there are three stages the Middle Ages can be broken into. There's the early Middle Ages. There's the high Middle Ages. And then the late Middle Ages. Remember, the early Middle Ages go right from the fall of Rome, uh, 476, to around 900-1000 CE or AD. And those are sometimes called the Dark Ages. Because when you compare it to the high or the late Middle Ages, it's not as advanced. You didn't get as much art from that time period. Because when we go to the second stage, the high Middle Ages... This is the introduction or the building blocks towards the Renaissance or the rebirth of classical art. So our second period of the Middle Ages is the High Middle Ages. It lasts from around 1100 to around 1300 CE or AD. And then you have the Late Middle Ages, which really kicks off with the bubonic plague of the Black Death and then goes through into the Renaissance up until the Age of Exploration, which is our next unit. But... What periods can the Middle Ages be broken into? The early, the high, and then the late. Now, we're skipping one question. We're going down to the third one. Who united Western Europe and was crowned the Holy Roman Emperor by the Pope? This was Charlemagne or Charles the Great. Remember, there's a lot of smaller kingdoms in the early Middle Ages that were kind of fighting with each other, all trying to claim the top spot. But it was Charlemagne who was able to unite them all together and bring them all into the fold of the Holy Roman Empire. And that's why he was known as the first Holy Roman Emperor. And what, we're on to the next one, what three groups of people launched attacks on Europe after Charlemagne's death? Remember, I'm going back to the PowerPoint, the first PowerPoint, the introduction to the Middle Ages. When you had Charlemagne's death occur... You had so many other civilizations surrounding Europe that were trying to get a piece of the pie. They were trying to get in on the action and get some lands and then exert their power. You had the Muslim Arabs from down south, and they were fighting their way up. You had the Magyars. They were the Russian steppe people, or they were from the Great Plains of Europe and Asia. And they were coming in from the east, attacking west. And then you had the Vikings from the north. They would raid into 
Britain and Ireland and Iceland, and then they go further south into mainland Europe. So the three groups of people that launch attacks on Europe after Charlemagne's death, the Muslim Arabs, the Magyars, and the Vikings. Now the word fief, how would we define that? So you would define fief by saying it is land given to someone in exchange for loyalty. Let's think back to the feudalistic society, the pyramid, the tier, where you had the different people and who was in charge of who. You had the king on top, and then he would give land to the nobles in exchange for their loyalty. And then the nobles would give out part of their land in exchange for the knight's loyalty. So each time someone would give someone land in exchange for the loyalty, they would be giving them a fief. Okay, so again, a fief is land given to someone in exchange for their loyalty. Define clergy. This one is a little more straightforward. You might have heard the term clergyman or clergy folk. Clergy are just church employees. They are, it's not necessarily the priest. He's usually referred to as the priest of the church or the friar or the bishop, depending on the social ladder they climbed, whether they... Where they fell in their um, career depends. But clergy is usually just referring to church employees. Now it's asking us to define the divine right of kings. Think back to when we refer we went over the societies in the Americas, specifically the Aztecs and the Inca. Both emperors of those societies would claim that they were the reincarnation of the god, or the god gave them the right to rule over people. So the divine right of kings is when a king would claim that their authority to govern over the people in their kingdom came directly from God. We can see the beginning of how church and state, religion and politics, are going to be melded together as one for the rest of the Middle Ages right here. Because in the divine right of kings, the way that kings use this, they would use this almost as an excuse sometimes to, one, exert their power, and then, two, accomplish whatever goals that they wanted to accomplish, no matter whether it was good for other people or bad for other people. So we're going to skip one more. We don't have... We're not... I took out the feudal pyramid from the quiz. And what subjects were taught in school? We had grammar, Latin, mathematics, rhetoric... You name it. There's many others, but the main four you'll focus on are probably grammar, Latin, mathematics, and rhetoric. If we didn't already know, rhetoric is just argument. So when you were learning rhetoric from somebody, you were essentially just learning from someone who would argue with you, or debate is a better way to do it. Debate with you about a certain topic. So you wouldn't argue with emotion saying you're dumb, you don't know what you're talking about. You would present your facts, and then you would argue with somebody based on those facts, and then you would listen to their argument, and you go back and forth. Now, what was the greatest step taken in medieval medicine? This, so this question and the question right before comes right from the Life in Medieval Times worksheet we completed on Friday last week. It was the isolation of the sick and contagious that is the greatest step taken in medieval medicine. Let's think about our our days in our life right now. The biggest advice that we get from government leaders and world leaders is to stay home 
And if you feel sick and contagious, certainly stay feet, feet away from other people. Do not come in contact with other people. Isolate yourself and then get help. It's the greatest step taken in medieval medicine. And it is still the advice that we're being given today, especially in our time right now. And then which season was especially hard on medieval society, causing a great deal of sickness? If we're, there's four seasons, summer, fall, winter, and spring. Out of those four seasons, if you didn't have proper shelter, if you didn't have the access to firewood, because we learned that firewood became very expensive, if you didn't have indoor heating, which they really did not have at this point, winter would be the hardest season for you. It would cause the most amount of sickness. It would cause the most amount of trouble for you. So which season was especially hard on medieval society? It was winter. All right, let's see if I can keep this under 10 minutes. That is the last of it. Now, remember, tomorrow's quiz is going to be open study guides. So you can use the study guides. So I highly suggest that if you need to re-listen through this recording, jot down notes and correct any um, mistakes that you might have made on the study guide. Review with your friend. Review with a partner. That way, when the quiz comes out tomorrow, you'll be all set. All right? Again... Remember, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you know where you can reach me. You can always shoot me an email. You can comment on a Google Classroom post. I will usually respond fairly quickly. Next week, I'm going to continue the Google Meets. I like doing the Google Meets as more, more of a social conference where we can catch up, get to um, speaking about some topics if we need to. If you have any questions, that's the perfect time to ask me. So make sure you study tonight. Take some time for yourself today, relax, read, watch some TV, draw, do something creative because it will really help your mind. All right, I miss you guys. Hope everyone's staying safe and have a great day.